this is my um, first episode as trying to become a podcaster in a way. Um, I just want to dedicate this first episode to reading scary stories. Um, I'm using Anchor, like most people who use Spotify as a podcasting platform. Um, and if you're watching this right now, thank you for stopping by and let's just read some scary stories. <clears throat> Anybody that has been on the Navajo Nation has probably heard of some creepy things or have experienced creepy things, namely skinwalkers. I have only seen one, so I will be reading my story. I come from a small town in northern Arizona that's sandwiched between the Pet Paytu res Reservation to the north and the U.S.'s largest Navajo reservation to the south. My high school being so small, a 1A high school that has on average 80 students enrolled every year. Always had to travel south about 5 to 10 hours one way to another high school in any sport. This means that we traveled a lot on the Navajo reservation. And we also usually stayed at hotels when we would head out to play and, c and come home in the morning. But this trip was a bit different. I remember the basketball coach saying that the school didn't have enough money to put up the teams in a hotel that trip. So we were going to be on the road for a total of about 12 hours. I was the only male senior basketball player that season. So we had just got done playing our game and headed home on our bu bus called Big Blue. We were headed out and it wasn't long, about two hours of driving before we had entered the reservation. By this time, everyone was asleep without, or with it being about two in the morning when we had crossed the res's border. I noticed the bus driver had sped up and I was going, and was going about 85 miles per hour. I thought this was a little bit weird because he never exceeded the speed limit, at least not in my high school career. For some reason, I couldn't fall asleep like the rest of my teammates, and I just sat back up of the bus staring out across the desolate desert landscape that was lit up by the full moon. As I looked up, I could see a figure running towards the bus at an angle of pursuit and keeping up with the bus at 85 miles per hour. As the figure got closer, I saw that it was a humanoid form. As a matter of fact, it looked exactly like a human, but only that the face was painted half black and white with glowing eyes. Glowing eyes like a rabbit's eyes, reflecting light from a sunlight. I immediately thought, holy crap, it's a skinwalker. The skinwalker ran up to the edge of the road and kept up pace with the bus hurdling sagebrush and rocks while staring at me. After I made eye contact with the thing, I could not look away. It was as if something was holding my head and eyes in place. The skinwalker just smiled at me, this inhuman smile that went ear to ear, showing crooked, yellow, pointed teeth. I felt like I was going to throw up, and I was panicking through the whole ordeal. The skinwalker started to crumple down on all fours, still keeping up with the bus. I could see his bones crack and reform, hair started appearing all over the skinwalker's body, and in about three seconds was now a coyote and it ran off back into the desert out of view. As soon as it was gone, I ran to the onboard bathroom and puked a mixture of food and blood. I didn't want to tell anyone for fear that they would think I was crazy. I confided to my Navajo friend. She told me that I needed to see the chief, who also happened to be a friend of mine. 
and get a blessing. I saw him the next day at school in the parking lot. He just came up to me and mumbled something in Navajo while waving a feather, sceptered-like thing. Turned around, got in his truck and drove away. To this day, I haven't seen another skinwalker. It might be due to the fact I moved away from that town and the reservation. And if I do have to go south, I go around. Way around. <laughs> My father owns a small delivery service that operates out of Farmington, New Mexico. We mostly deliver small packages out of the middle of nowhere that are too much of a hassle for the larger delivery companies to bother with. My dad is the only employee, and we have a few pickup trucks and a trailer. One day, we get a delivery out to Winter Rock, Arizona, on the Navajo Reservation, about two years from Farmington. Hours. My dad gets the call for the job while he is chilling with his Navajo friend, Travis, and his girlfriend. Travis mentions how he, he's got family in Winter Rock that he hasn't seen in ages and suggests they go with him. I was about six or seven at the time, and it was the summertime, so Dad decides we'll all go down together. He can do this really quick. Then while Travis sees his family, we can go check out the window rock. We had to convoy in separate trucks since my dad was loaded down with freight. We decided to bring along some walkie-talkies so we could communicate with each, with each other. We spend our time in Winter Rock. Everything is generally uneventful and we start heading home along the old highway with my dad and I in front and Travis and his girlfriend in their truck behind us. I honestly don't remember most of the Winter Rock trip, but this part I can never forget. We're somewhere in the highway between Winter Rock and Gallup, New Mexico. It had just rained earlier in the day and the road was slick, so we were taking it pretty slow. On the left of the highway, there's nothing but sandstone cliffs, and on the right there is a huge field separated from the road by a small barbed wire fence. We crest the top of the hill, and down at the bottom of the hill, we see what appears to be a very large dog sitting back on its haunches in the middle of the road facing the cliffs. My dad calls over the radio, Hey Trev, do you see that big dog? Travis starts yelling back over the radio. That's not a dog. Uh, speed up right now and hit it. He almost sounds hysterical. He just keeps screaming. Hit it. JJ, you have to hit it. Please, please hit the feckin' thing right now. So my dad starts to speed up, and as we get a bit closer, I can begin to see it more clearly. It's covered in its brown, wiry, matted hair that appears to have dried blood all over it. It's still facing the cliffs, but the moment our headlights hit it, it turns and looks at us, and it has a face. I don't know how to describe it other than a mix between a bear's and a human's face. It looks twisted and distorted and almost in pain. As we get closer to the thing, we start to realize it's actually huge. Though it was still sitting on its haunches, it is about shoulder height with the hood of the truck. We get literal inches from hitting it when it lets out this scream. That sounds like someone screaming as their lungs are filling with water. And it leaps backwards toward the field. Landing just on our side of the barbed wire fence. Then another leap. It was gone out of sight. Travis comes over the radio again. Oh shit, keep driving. We have to get out of here. We have to go faster. 
he kept repeating that last part. We have to get out of here. We have to go faster. Pretty soon, we we are speeding like crazy, and just as we start to come around the near outskirts of Gallup, we get pulled over. Chavis pulls a scout over with us. Naturally, this makes the cop and Evil Man himself very on edge, and he immediately asks Travis why he felt the need to pull over as well. Travis said, we just saw a skinwalker a few miles back, and it's been following us. The officer immediately turns white, <laughs> stammers something about a verbal warning, gets in his car, and takes off. We do the same. We didn't see anything else that night. But when we got home, Travis refused to let us leave without taking some kind of Navajo totem thing that was supposed to keep it away. So yeah, I guess that's my Skinwalker story. <laughs> that was a pretty good one. I, it's kind of weird because I know the exact spot he's talking about, the exact spot, and I know the exact place of where he stopped. <laughs> I'm gonna keep my eyes around that part. <clears throat> All right, number three out of nineteen. When I was about 11 or 12, we lived in a small house made of mud and stone, a lot like our house now. It was two of my brothers and I in the house. Everyone else had gone to J James Fest and left us to tend the sheep. We're getting ready for bed when we heard the dogs going crazy outside. Thinking it was nothing more than coyotes howling in the distance, we told them to be quiet. We began to drift off into sleep and the dogs would not shut up. However, I was able to go to sleep for a few hours, then I woke up very late in the night. It was very quiet and still in the house, save for my brother snoring and breathing. I realized I needed to use the outhouse and woke up my brother to take me there. He teased me about being scared, which I certainly was. We went out with our flashlights to the outhouse. The dogs began with their crazed barking out in the sagebrush going from one place to the next my brother went first and i waited outside for him while waiting i tried to follow the dogs with my flashlight suddenly there was a very loud whine from one of the dogs then everything went quiet quiet once again it was really too quiet for that time of year not even the sheep were making noise suddenly i heard a few dogs going completely mad by the truck when i looked over there was a man he was unbelievably, unbelievably tall, leaning one arm on the cab roof of the truck. He was looking at the dogs for a little, then suddenly kicking one of them. They all scattered in different directions. The thing looked up at me, and I saw its face. It had a pure white face, like a full moon, two burning red eyes, and a slight smile that was pure black. I could not move or make a sound. It began to walk toward me with long strides until it finally towered over me. All I began to see was a dark red, like the color of the blood when you cut the throat of a sheep. I kept getting deeper and deeper into its eyes. I could faintly hear my brother coming out of the outhouse with this. The thing looked up at him. Reality came crashing back to me. I noticed that my brother was too distracted with his buckle to realize what was going on. I also noticed this thing's long hands hovering just inches from my head. Its skin was black ash. He smelled like a bloated dead animal in summer that was still unable to move or speak. The skinwalker began to move toward my brother, finally noticing this figure. 
My brother became paralyzed as I was. Closer and closer it drew, reaching an arm out toward my brother's head. Something finally snapped in me. I became unbearably angry. I broke from the trance and lunged at the skinwalker, raising my hands like a wild animal and baring my teeth at it. A growl came out that I never knew I could make. I became more angrier at the thing that was trying to hurt us. It kept that smile at first, but the angrier I got, the, the more the smile faded. Finally, with everything I had, I began to make this primal roar at it. It fell backwards and ran away into the night, looking at me. Its eyes were dim and dull. Its smile now since gone. The next morning, the family returned home from the feast. After relaying the story to my parents, they quickly hired a medicine man. <laughs> oh my god, this man literally just, like, stood up to a skinwalker. Not many people can do that. Because in Evo tradition, if you look at a skinwalker, you're basically fecked. It's not, like, you can't do anything. You can't do anything, like, if you come in contact with a skinwalker. Like, I've heard from my mom and my grandma that if you look at a skinwalker, like, eye to eye, it's going to do all that it can to kill you, no matter what. It's going to try and hurt you. And, like, the only way you can um, kill it or hurt it is, like, by dipping a knife or bullet in ash and hurting it with that cover hurting with like a bullet covered in ash or a knife <laughs> this man is next <laughs> this man is on another level <laughs> all right next story 14 no four out of 19 <clears throat> it was 1995 i had just graduated high school an old friend who i haven't talked to in seven years now and i were and I were hanging out, and I said, let's go to New Orleans. And we did. We had $140 between us, and back then, that was more than enough. We made it to New Orleans, almost died from culture shock, and turned around and headed back to Magnolia, Mississippi. Missouri? I don't know. To get some sleep. We stayed in Magnolia Inn. It was a, <laughs> it was a shithole, but it was nice and cool. It was May or June in, in the south, Missouri. Cool was the only objective that mattered. We stayed up all night playing poker, drinking Gordon's vodka, and taking about who knows what, probably girls, college, college girls at some point. I said, I've ever been to Texas. Nope. Pack your bags and let's roll. We had a road atlas. Marshall, Texas was right across the border from Shriverport. <laughs> We arrived in Schwevport, Sh Sh made a phone call to another friend who we're actually supposed to be staying with. Both of our mothers had called looking for us. The only person that knew where we were was the buddy on the phone. It was no big deal. We would be home in a day or two. I, I being short on details because if I don't... If I don't, this thing will turn into a novel-length story about chasing armadillos and being chased by the boogeyman. Before we left the rest in Shreville, Shreveport, where we made the call, we saw an armadillo. 
Let me tell you something about armadillos. Those bastards will hiss, jump, and turn into Tasmanian devils if you corner them. They also carry leprosy. We were 18. We chased that armadillo around for half an hour. Now tell me... Tell me... Let me tell you about Shreveport. I don't know how it is, but in the night, summer of 1995, it looked and smelled like a place where oil and metal went to die. It was dirty. It was a shithole. We crossed a bridge and saw people fishing a hundred yards from where a drainage pipe from a factory was spewing forth waste up river from the fishermen. Locals reminded me of the locals in Adamsville. Bald-headed woman and crossed eyes. Crossed-eyed men. A lot of bald-headed kids. Crossed-eyed kids. I'm sorry, but it was a Rob Zombie movie come to life. I felt like I was going to be raped because I had a full head of hair and could see straight. The best part of Shreveport was an armadillo that might possibly have leprosy. Marshall, Texas, was 40 miles away. We ruled on. Marshall was a decent little town, home of the Fire Ant Festival. We stopped at a little barbecue joint and had a Coke, a smile, and some pulled pork. It was getting late and the sun was setting. We looked at the map and decided to backtrack a bit and headed up rural route 43 through Karnak and past Cotto Lake. We would eventually run into Highway 59, head back to Texarkana, and we would head back home. When we left the barbecue joint and headed back towards 43, it was dusk. Highway 43 wasn't well lit. It was almost as dark as Nacha Trace Parkway. My friend was driving and we were doing about 45 miles an hour. Any faster would have been reckless, even for a couple 18-year-old dumbasses. This road was kind of like Christmasville Road. It was dark, winding, full of hills that ended in curves. They were bearded and glowing eyes on both sides of the road. You could hear the crickets and the bullfrogs over the sound of the wind rushing by that old centra. It was peaceful and creepy at the same time. The humidity was a real thing. Tangible, the air was thick. It smelled like pastures, hay, and swamp. We drove for what seemed like hours. It was after midnight. And I saw a sign that informed me that Bivens was the next town of any size. I was hypnotized by the yellow lines on the road. We hadn't seen another car in at least half an hour. Sleepy. I rolled the window down and lit a cigarette. There was music coming from the radio. The tape player. It was either Tupac or Bob Seger. I smoked my cigarette. Absent, mindly flicking ashes out of the window. I took one last puff and flicked the camel short off into the woods. Then I saw it. I never looked to my right. I didn't even peek to the right. Maybe I did a little when I flicked that cigarette away. I don't know. What I do know is that in the periphery, there was something running alongside the car. It was just behind the window. Behind where the edge of the door ends, and before where the back window begins. I looked over at the speedometer, 40 miles an hour. I looked at my friend. 
He was looking straight ahead. I looked straight ahead. I could see it still. I could see one huge arm, matted hair, reddish-brown, sticky-looking primal. I eased my right hand over and rolled up my window. My friend was still looking straight ahead. His jaw clenched, and he put both hands on the wheel. He sped up. No words were said. I looked straight ahead, and still out of the periphery, I could see that arm moving, muscles and tendons visibly ripping beneath that matted hair. As the car gained a little speed, the thing running alongside us lost pace. Slightly, I then saw the hand of the end of the nightmarish arm. The hand was clenched into a fist the size of a cantaloupe. A big can cantaloupe. It was covered in the same hair, but slightly darker around the fingers, like it was stained with something. Suddenly, the hand unclenched, and then I saw the claws. Black, as is damned after midnight. Those claws were at least two inches long, sharp like an animal's. This wasn't a hand, so much as it was a killing paw and claws of some beast whose only purpose was to kill and eat. I looked back at my friend. I looked at the speedometer, 50 miles an hour. I looked straight ahead, it was still there. I lit another cigarette, didn't roll the window down, and simply said, shit. The music stopped. I finally broke the silence and said, hey, do you... And before I could finish, my buddy said, yes, I see it. I've been seeing it. I can't even see you, but I can see whatever the hell that shit is. How much do you see? More than I want to. Speed up, John. Just speed up. It can't keep up forever. I looked over. Fifty miles an hour. Whatever was chasing us silently was starting to lag behind. I finally looked up to my right just a bit. Imagine the scary part of a movie where you put your hands in front of, a, of your face but still peek through. In 37 years, I have no regrets. One is picking up that first cigarette, and the other is me looking to the right that night. This beast was huge. Its chest was above the top of the car, and all I could see was that matted, reddish-brown hair. Then it bent over forward as it ran. I saw the face of this thing. All reality stopped. We were no longer driving down some country road in Texas. We were now trying to escape from the depths of a monster inhabited hell. This thing's face is beyond my powers to describe. It was evil. The eyes were black and the pupils were red. It flashed its teeth at me in a snarl, yellow and huge. Saliva dripped from its mouth. It opened its eyes wide and it looked hungry, pissed off. Then it opened its mouth. The skin pulled back until all you could see were back black gums and yellow teeth. Immediately, I could feel the car accelerate. Fucking hell, John, just go. I prayed, I cussed, I lit a cigarette. Then like sunshine breaking through the clouds, the road straightened out. Don't you slow down. 
we drove through Bivens and we drove to Texarkana, then we drove home. We never said a word. It was years later, eleven to be exact, before we ever seen were ever seen talked about it again. And we didn't talk about it much. He said he never told anyone, and I hadn't either. I told the stories a few years back for the first time while I was parked on a gravel road, doing things you do when you're parked out on a graveled road with a good-looking woman. I told it a year or so ago to a couple of kids who wanted to hear a scary story while they sat around a campfire. They didn't sleep for a day or two, but they asked me a dozen more times to tell them the story. I never told anyone until now that I saw its face. I've been scarred for my life exactly two times. Once was a road and once looking at a grizzly bear in front of me with a terminal velocity introducing drop to the side of me. Call it what you will. Call it bullshit if you want. But look me in the eyes and tell me. Tell you this story and you'll never know. Never doubt that there are things in this world that defy explanation and logic. The boogeyman is real. Some 16, 17 years after this happened, I ran across a story in the movie called The Legend of Boggy Creek, Fawker, Kansas. Isn't that far from Bivens, Texas? As a crow flies, invite me over, buy me a beer, sit, me a, sit on the porch with me, and I'll tell you the story over a pack of Marlboros and a few of those beers. Alright, I think I'll end that on that note. But, you know, there are a lot of things that. <laughs> there are a lot of things that people don't really realize about skinwalkers. People who escape skinwalkers, they, they are the luckiest people in history. Alright? You know, there's not a lot of things you can really do to protect yourself against a skinwalker because you can't kill them. Um, like I said, the only way to actually kill them is with what my grandmother told me was ash, anything dipped in ash, well, like a bullet or a knife, so because, like, I don't know how, but, but ash is apparently one of the, one of those things that can basically help you as a Native American, because in um, Native American culture, well, at least I think for all the culture of Native Americans, like Navajo, uh, in order to protect yourself from like bad spirits, the best way to do that was to rub ash on your forehead, and you can go outside, because I don't know why, but ash is just something that is really important to Native Americans or Navajos in general. So, I'm going to end the podcast right here, the episode. Um, if you're watching this, thank you for watching. Um, I'm going to try and make this a weekly upload if I can. Like, I love <laughs> uh, talking about scary stories. And, you know, if you guys are if you guys are willing to stay there and support me, I will keep doing this over and over and over again if you guys want me to. But uh, thank you, and see you next time.